clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. I'm Josh Lapping. Whopper, 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 Junior. People don't understand what you're talking about. Listen, if people have been watching football this year, they know exactly what I'm talking about because it's on 10 times every football game. Well, I guess we'll find out. Welcome to the show, guys. Sponsored by Burger King. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. We appreciate you. Not a lot of money in it. We just say sponsored by BK. Have it your way. Have it your way on Simultaneous Catch. We've been back, guys, after two weeks off. Was it two weeks or is it three weeks? I feel like it's been forever. We were going to come back for the new year, but, you know, things get crazy and it's fine. We're great. The playoffs are here. The 2022 season is over. And I don't know how many times I can say this, but I feel like we always blink our eyes and it's it's over. <laughs> you do say that every year. But it's true, though. Don't you feel that way? <laughs> Yeah, it's just because you love it so much. I do, I do. So uh, we're set up for a very interesting slate of games for Super Wild Card Weekend. I think there's some really great matchups. I think there are some not-so-great matchups. Uh, It'll be fascinating to follow for sure. But let's dive right into it. Rant, rave, recall. I'm going to go first. I've got a revamp. Okay. It's more of a rave. You know, we a, haven't uh, been on for a month, so you get to do it all. It's it's more it's more of a rave than a rant. But my rant is first of all how much I can't stand the Houston Texans organization. The Houston Texans are now the fourth team since the 1970 AFL NFL merger to have a different head coach to start four straight seasons. The Texans have lost at least 12 games in three straight seasons and are now the ninth team in Super Bowl history to lose 12 plus games in three straight seasons. It's just. Uh, a, a laughing stuff of an organization and it drives me nuts. Listen, it's one thing if you came out and you told uh, you told your coach last year, said, hey, we're we're going to say it's a five-year deal and all this stuff, but really we're just looking for somebody. David Culley, we're just, it's going to be one year. We just are looking to evaluate some players and then look for a coach next year. Lovey Smith, we'd love you to come in, a veteran presence, have some guys learn from you, and then we're really looking to get improve our drive position and move on. But that's clearly not what happened, and I am raving about Lovey Smith because Lovey Smith handled this year as a professional, and I cannot stress enough how much I love the knife twist that Lovey Smith gave at the end of the at the end of the season against the Indianapolis Colts to ruin the number one overpick for the for the Texans. Here's some crazy stats about that: the Texans are the only team 
this year with two fourth and ten conversions in the same game. And they did it on the same drive in the fourth quarter of week 18 to ensure they didn't get the number one overall pick. They're also the only team, uh, to have the, the fourth and 20 touchdown pass uh, is the only fourth and 20 plus conversion in the NFL the entire season long. The rest of the league is 0 for 9 in that scenario. I love when teams go for it and to win, right? And I love when, especially like at the end of seasons, you're going for it, you're, you're going to try to win. But he found out that morning on social media that he was going to be fired because the day before, all the reporters asked him, he was like, no, I'm going to be here for the long haul, right? That's what they told me that they wanted. And then all the reports in the morning were, this is Lovey's last coaching. I, I totally believe in by that he saw that and was like, we're going to win this freaking game. We're going to show up and we're going to win this game and we're going to do what we have to do. And I don't know. I just, I hope that Lovey Smith uh, is able to find a job somewhere. You know, I don't know if he'll, I don't believe he'll probably be a head coach anywhere, but maybe as a coordinator or maybe he goes back to college, right? I don't know. But I just think it's totally unfair. Um, I know that they underperformed this year, but there were a lot of games that we kept saying the Texans are not an easy out, right? How many games were semi-close with the, between this Texans team? So I just give props to Lovey. I think he handled it professionally, and I just appreciate a guy being like, uh, no, you're you're getting rid of me. We're going to win this game. Like I'm, I'm hired to win games. I'm not hired to lose a game for you. Sure, and I'll, I'll say this, and I think this is dark. This may not be a super fun thing to say or think about, but, I mean, you're right. I, Lovey Smith is the consummate pro, and he has been for forever. But I don't think, and th- this is more a reflection on your, your, uh, your rant about the Texans organization, I don't think Lovey was ever a legitimate hire. That was during all of the Brian Flores drama, and they didn't want to bring Brian Flores in, so they're like, okay, like let's go get the opposite of what this is. I don't think he ever had a fair chance. And I think I think the true problem that I have with it is not that David Culley got fired or that Lovey Smith got fired, right? It's that guys like David Culley and Lovey Smith, African American men, get one year and they're done, and guys like Matt Rule, who had never proven himself in the NFL before, got five-year deal. Now, he got fired too, but after a couple of years to try, guys like Cliff Kingsbury coming from college, no pedigree whatsoever, gets multiple years and an extension before he finally gets fired, right? The, the issue is that there are guys who are on the same level of unproven or even lower that get more and more opportunities and there's teams like the Texans who go back to back one one and offs. It's just it just kind of stinks is all. But really, I didn't want to I don't want to I don't want to rant about the Texans more than I want to rave about Lovey. I think Lovey handled it to the best that he could, and those players played hard for him, right? You don't convert a fourth and twenty yeah. plus to win a game unless you're playing hard for people, right? Um, so I just wanted to I, I hope Lovey I you know if Lovey wants to right I would assume he you sign a five year contract it means you probably want to be coaching football for a while, right? So I hope he finds a place. Uh, but it just kind of stinks. And I, I had brought this up to you briefly on your favorite day, Black Monday, which we'll talk about here shortly, that how could you possibly want the Texas <laughs> job right now, right? How could yeah. you possibly as a head coach candidate want to be like, um, I think I'm going to take that job, right? I'm not even talking just in terms of like picks and cap space, which they have picks and they have some cap space, but like, how could you trust an organization? Well, I think at this point, yeah, we'll talk about that. Sure. We don't have to, but I'm just saying, so uh, props to Lovey Smith. That's my revant. Excellent. I'm going to to rave. There's actually so much to talk about when we haven't talked about football in a month. 
But I'm going to rave specifically about you, my friend. I'm going to rave about your bet making. <laughs> Uh, and and more Fantastic. specifically, I want to target in on the, I believe it was week three or four of just completely doubling down on Matt Ryan of being a top five. You know, I looked at these stats today because I was like, I wonder if he'll bring this up. <laughs> of course I'm going to bring it up. Because not only, wow, like since we've talked, so much has happened. He got benched again, blew the <laughs> biggest regular season lead in NFL history. Like, you got to feel bad for the guy. But I will say, I don't know if this qualifies. Matt Ryan was top five in a couple of statistical categories. Just not even remotely the ones yeah, that not. I thought he would be. Uh, in, in interceptions thrown. Interceptions, thrown. sure. Interception completion, not sacks. I think if he played for the full season, it would have been. But sack yardage, he was still, in t- I think he was top three. And you have to be really bad to not be <laughs> in the top sacks, but you're in the top three of the yardage you lost. <laughs> So Matt Ryan, so that that is kind of poking fun at you, but mostly just wanted to talk about how, you know, we had a lot of high hopes for for Indianapolis, mostly attached to Matt Ryan, and man, that experiment did not work. It did not work, and you know, just after after that Minnesota Vikings game, which I believe was a game that you and I differed on picks. I don't remember if that was in Pal's picks. I think it was. I, I had picked the Colts. Was it in Pal's picks? I don't know if it was in Pal's picks or if it was just the run your pool that I had texted you about that morning. Because you did, you did text me that I texted morning. you and I was like, I feel really great about this Colts <laughs> pick right now. But man, like you just after the Super Bowl and that game, and there's two other ones that he's in the category for. I think it was just a playoff blown lead and then an international blown lead when they were in London. Like you just got a Matty Ice. And it's not like Matt's a bad quarterback Matty first Melt. of all. First of all, here's the thing. Yes, here's the thing. I want to say this. Award in defense. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one week I tried to do a new segment and called it Award in Defense? It was fun. Regardless, Award in Defense of Matt Ryan. If you build a thirty three to nothing lead and a twenty eight to three lead, it's I'm sorry, not your fault you lost the game. I, that's my opinion. I'm sorry if that's a hot take. Not your fault that your defense couldn't stop them from scoring 33 unanswered points or 25 unanswered points. I know that like I know that like oh well you had a chance to keep scoring. That's fine. But if you build that kind but of I'll lead, I'll challenge you on that a fault. little bit. That Matt Ryan wasn't solely responsible for the 30 point lead. Like that was defensive play make. Like you, I I, I could be wrong. But like you look at the stats, and it wasn't like, oh man, he threw for four hundred yards no, in that they half. Ran, no, they ran the ball well. He did throw a couple touchdown passes. But again, like I'm just saying, I do feel bad for Matt Ryan, but I feel like we shouldn't just be dunking on Matt Ryan here because there's you, to have that kind of collapse takes a full team, and people are like, oh, it's Matt Ryan's fault. But I don't know. Albert O came on the last couple weeks. Why? Because he had like two I'll catches, which is double his that, entire. Career. No, he had like he had like six <laughs> catches. Oh, guys. Uh, Yeah, so. Rough year. Yeah, pretty great year for me, though. Pat myself on the back. I did look back at our preseason predictions, and, you know, it's always fun to talk about where we're completely wrong, but we got some stuff pretty right. I mean, I know that. Oh, I wasn't even talking about that stuff. Oh, okay. I was just talking about bets. Well, yeah, you do one fantasy. Our personal fantasy league. Yeah. One regular season pick your pool. You did. Well, uh, yes, I haven't that's even true. got to talk about it because we've been off the air, but I finally got Pal's picks. You did win Pal's picks. I, I forgot that we had never had an episode since then. 
But yes, yeah. So this is a, this is a huge I, I feel like they're. I think that's problem. the reason we've been off the air for a month. Is yeah, just I was licking my wounds after. You're like, oh jo- no, well, let's year, put it off another four, week. Four, four year win streak. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys. No, God, I will also say this. I don't know if anybody knows the, what the records finished, and you can share them when in a minute. We, here. we, we haven't. We didn't but, do it ever since. But legitimately, guys, not only did he win, you lapped me. Like it was, it was over, right? It was over with weeks to go. There yeah, was mathematically we, no possible way for me to catch we up. We finished it in week 15. Week 15. Insane. I mean, even in the years where I've won, it's never happened that. Like, it always came down to the final week. The so, thing yes. that was the, the best part, and I appreciate you showering all these accolades. I, I will gladly let you do that for the hour and a half if you'd like. But the thing that made it so, so sweet, it came down to the Las Vegas Raiders. I hate the Raiders. The Raiders <laughs> suck, and I hate them. I will also say this: what's hysterical is looking at the the run your pool pick 'em pool that we have. I'm having the one of the best years I've ever had in picking football games before. It's just that you are ha- you are like unconscious. I don't know if you've ever picked games for a full year before, no. but like 174 and 97 is insane. Like that is so good. I don't know if you realize. That like how good of a record that is to have, but yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. But like I, I will take one fifty two and one nineteen. I feel pretty smart about that. But uh, we're both smart. But yes, you're you're having an incredible year. The pick and pool regular season champ, but it's not over yet. It's not the, over yet. The playoffs happen and it's worth double points. So but we can catch have up. such a big league. But yes, you do have a very big league. We would have to be. I would. I would only if I went undefeated this week and you went all the games wrong. You would still be in the lead by like four or five points. So, uh, anyways, yeah. I don't want to make this about. No, me. it's cool. That's great. Um, lots happened since the end of the season, so let's get right into the playoff picture here. Or do we want to? Th- Wait, no, no, no. I have. We're gonna talk Black Monday real quick first. Yeah, which was, picture. I mean, like it we was do not need to talk about it, but it was a letdown. It was not as exciting as it normally is. Obviously, the Cliff uh, firing came in. A couple coordinator firings couple came coordinators. in that day. Uh, GM. Um, but, uh, yeah, not a lot of things. So I think I, I have here listed ones that made sense, surprises and mistakes, but I, I don't think that there were any surprises. We knew probably Cliff was going to be gone. Uh, I don't think any of them we could categorize as a mistake really. So, I mean, I guess you could spin it to be like, was anybody retained that should have probably been fired? And is that a mistake? Because my, okay, I do ahead. have an answer for that. Okay. And it's Ron Rivera. I'm, that's mine yeah. too. And listen, I love Ron Rivera. We've talked about Ron a lot on this show. Uh, I think he's a, a great human. I don't think he's a bad head coach. I just think that, that I think that there become there comes a point in time with a head coach and team combo that things get stale and you, you can't just get that next step. Yeah. This is a playoff caliber team. This is a contending caliber team. If they can get that quarterback position right and just there's just something missing from them. And I think that when you get to that point, I think he's been there five years now. I think when I you, think he's this is only his third year. Uh, okay. I thought he was there longer. But, but regard- he does have a losing record. Yes. But regardless, I just think that uh, normally in, in, in situations like this in the league, there comes a time where you got to cut bait and you got to move on. And that was one that I, I was expecting to come and people be like, oh, wow, this is surprising. But I would have been like, no, nah, that one Their OC sense. was fired. Yeah, so we'll see what they do with that. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is available. I, I actually think Cliff Kingsbury is going to end up in, in New England as the offensive coordinator. Oh, interesting. But, I, I saw him for some reason going back to college be a head coach. 
He could. I don't know I don't what know he wants to do. I don't know if I see Kingsbury, Kingsbury being like, oh, I can just be an OC. Sure. I mean, I think he'd be great at it. Oh, I, I agree. Also, I think that'd be his bread and butter. I will also say, I I know that things went sour in Arizona, and I know that you weren't the biggest fan of Cliff. Um, did you ever listen to Schrager's Flying Coach podcast? I have not. So he talks to like a lot. He talks to all these head coaches, and he talked to to Cliff, and he said he's good friends with Cliff. Like he went to Cliff's wedding with Sean McVay and everything, and they were all buddies there. And just he talked about how you know after the Demar Hamlin situation happened, and people were showering play praise, uh, rightfully so, on on the coaches for for Buffalo and. Uh, Cincinnati for that situation, the way they handled it. He talked about like this is a time where we need to realize that head coaching is way more than X's and O's and game scenarios, right? Like there's there's like leader of men aspect, right? There's being a good human aspect, and he was like, and I promise you that while Cliff might lack in some areas, he has that down, right? So maybe he should go back to college and be that, right, for younger uh, players. But uh, I. I I think that New England desperately needs an, an offensive coordinator, a real offensive coordinator, <laughs> and he has ties to Belichick, so it wouldn't surprise me. But I think that that's a that would be a nice. That would be role. a great. That'd be a great fit. Absolutely. I just don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know him, right? But I feel like he seems too prideful to be like, "Oh, I it's can't possible. be a head coach." It's anymore. possible. I mean, there's also a lot. There's a lot to be said about the fact that. Uh, Cliff's scheme is based off of my athletes are better than your athletes, and that's the number one reason why he got he went and drafted Kyler Murray, and that works in college, right? But when you're in the NFL, our athletes are pretty much the same <laughs> as your athletes, right? Unless you have crazy guys, and I think that's why he had success with with Kyler. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But you're right. There's not. Were there any hirings that you say mistake that didn't get fired outside of of Ron Rivera? Um, no, I wouldn't say. That, I mean, there were a lot of things that happened before Black Monday, right? Like Hackett was fired three weeks ago, so he was already ousted uh, before before Black Monday got there. Uh, technically, Lovey didn't even make it to Black Monday either. So, I mean, Rivera was the one that I was like, okay, it's going to happen, especially after those wheels fell off, because they were really well in control for quite some time. I think they time. were 7-4-1 and one at one point. Yeah, like, that, and they lost we were talking about the playoff game. picture, and we were like, they're in, like, because we, we were like, the ties help them and everything, like, it's going to take something for them not to make it, and it, and that something happened. So I, I'm surprised by that, but just kind of because of the reasoning I said, like, the, the youth head coach movement where it becomes invigorated and we've seen so many rookie head coaches make it this year. Right. We have uh, Peterson who's not really a rookie head coach, but first year head coach, we've got Dayball in there. We've got Kevin O'Connell in there. You got Mike McDaniel in there. Yeah. That's four first year head coaches already in the, in the playoffs. So I, I am surprised by that, but really um, Hackett was the big one. And I talked about, I guess, I will say I'm still kind of surprised about McDaniel's because I just don't like what I, I haven't. I did not like what I saw from Vegas this year. I just don't think. I think you were saying Mike McDaniel for a no, reason. No, I, I was like, I was, like, I, on, was do not. I was afraid that Mike McDaniel I'll, was going to. Get I was going to say I was like, do not bring this up because I will defend Mike McDaniel. No, I. You know, <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I'm a um, fan, and he he had growing pains. Sure, but. right, and of course you do, and you when your quarterback's on and off the field, and you, you're like, that's hard. Um, I, I think that Vegas showed enough flashes at the end of the season. I think those guys played hard for him. 
And I think that the jury's still out on whether or not Josh McDaniels is actually a very good head coach or not. But I think he proved this year that he's at least a solid one. And I think that heading into next season, next season's going to be kind of a uh, um, a make or break for him, which is unfortunate to say for a guy who's like this is going to be his third total year of head coaching, right? Because wasn't he one and done in, in Denver? Or he must have been fired in the second season or something like that. But he wasn't there for that long. Um, but I think that he gets his right quarterback in here next year. I really think that Vegas can shine. Even though they suck and I hate them, I genuinely think there's just too much talent on this roster. I mean, I, I just don't know. You were talking about, and this will be the last thing that we say before we can move on or we can continue discussing it. You were talking about head coaching isn't only X's and O's, right? Like there is an element of that leader of men. And that's what you brought up about how those players played hard for Josh McDaniels. That may be true, but I think there it just was never put together. And we're not talking about... This is probably a bad example, but we're not talking about a Cliff Kingsbury that came from college and it's a different world, right? Like, this is a guy that's been in the NFL for a long, long, long time. Like, this isn't a guy that's like, oh, I, I don't know what, I don't know how to do this. Like, that's, that's, that's off the table now. So I just, I think you're right. And I mean, like, there are, I don't, I don't know what Vegas says at the quarterback position. There are all the rumors about yeah, Brady going I was gonna there say, and stuff. So. They'll be connected with Jimmy G rumors. They'll be connected with Brady rumors. They'll be connected with, you know, somebody even brought Roger rumors. Like, they'll be connected with all that stuff. Uh, it'll be, it's always an interesting offseason, but <laughs> it'll be an interesting offseason. Uh, all right, let's get into the playoff picture here, guys. Uh, before we preview every game and pick games, I think the two, I don't want to say surprises, but I think we can all say we're a little bummed that the Lions aren't in the playoffs, right? I think we can all say that. And I think we can all say that we're bummed the Steelers didn't, you know, make it, right? Sure. Because I think that the Dolphins with Tua, yes, awesome. Let's get that <laughs> rematch, right? But without them, I think looking back on it, we'd all be like, you know what? It'd be nice if the Steelers were in that game. Sure. Um, and then, of course, Seattle's a great story. We love rooting for Geno. But I think we would all much rather see the Lions after, especially after what they did on the Sunday Night Football game, be in. Those are the two teams that stick out to me. I don't know if there's other ones that stick out to you. Uh, but th those are the, the two teams that made it over the two teams that didn't, I think, are the two that I would want. Yeah, I mean, when talking about that scenario, like that picture, that is, I think, I don't want to say obvious choice because there are people that will be like, oh, thank God, like so-and-so didn't make it or whatever. But, I mean, the surprise teams that missed, I mean, Tennessee. Like, they were in the driver's seat. Talk about it. I think they were 7-3 and three and they lost out. I could be wrong about that, but I think that they were 7-3 and, and lost huge every streak. game. I And, you know, obviously they lost Tannehill and everything, but, wow, that's got to be... So that, that one hurts because we were talking, I mean, we keep, I, I've said it a hundred times. It's been a long time since we've talked on air, right? But it wasn't that long ago that we were like, yeah, Mike Vrabel, coach of the year candidate. That's probably not on the, that's not I mean, on the table true. anymore. I, I, I obviously like Vrabel's job security is fine. Um, but yeah, I you, you have to wonder, is it really just injuries because not only the quarterback but they lost a lot of defensive players and we were talking about before the season started we were like you know what they're really not gonna like they're gonna be fine i don't you know what i mean like they're they were just all over the place and uh the tennessee's slowly becoming a team that's akin to the ravens with injuries where they, every year they just every start. year there's just people <laughs> missing and you know ryan Tannehill did tweet out that he was like i got more left in the tank i'm coming back so 
we'll have to see with that too. But you're right. They did an epic collapse. I mean, I'm really happy for the Jaguars. I'm super pumped about them. I'm really mad that I didn't dig in on them more before the season because we talked about the Jaguars. We are like, this could be a surprise team. Like, they've got a lot of talent. Doug Peterson knows what he's doing, right? Um, so I, we'll, we'll see what happens. But you're right. That's a good one to point out. I am a little bit. Shocked, and we've talked enough about the Rams. So we don't have to talk about the Rams, but that's obviously another team that <laughs> sure. I mean, surprising. large scheme, absolutely, that is surprising. But yeah, let's get into a uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend, first game: Seahawks at Niners. So this is one that a lot of people are predicting to be a blowout. I don't know if we I don't know if it's do gonna that, be a blowout. Though. I don't know if we should do that though. People are really, really high on the on the 49ers. Obviously, they finished. The year on a six-game winning streak. Brock Purdy, 6-0, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. Geno Smith broke the Seahawks passing yardage record. He broke a lot of records. 4,282, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I think the big major thing that's upsetting about this game, however, is that Jordan Brooks is out for the season. Seattle Seahawks, uh, for the for people who don't watch a lot of Seahawks football, the, the one of the biggest weaknesses of Seattle is they really struggle to cover guys over the middle, and the absence of Brooks is certainly not going to help that against a team that loves yards after the catch over the middle to the receivers, running backs, and tight ends. So this after is in, Cody Barton to step up. Yeah, they they're gonna need they're gonna need guys to step up for sure. I think that there is yardage plays and points to be had for Seattle though if Geno does what. He was doing really early on in the season and later in the season stopped, and that's playmaking with his feet. Now, Gino's not like a straight-line sprinter or anything, but Gino is a playmaker, and he can make plays moving out of the pocket. I mean, uh, just think about the play that we saw that exactly. almost ended the game in exactly. regular time. He, he has that ability, and I think that if the Seahawks are going to win this game, that's their key to victory is Gino making plays with his legs because – San Francisco has given up plays to quarterbacks that do that. Yeah, I I don't think that this is going to be a blowout. I know who I'm taking. I, I feel very confident in that. But I don't think that this is a blowout game because, number one, they're divisional rivals. Number two, this will be the third time that they've played each other this year, and neither of the first two games were blowouts. San Francisco knew how to control the game pretty well, but there was never a time like where, I mean, Seattle, so I believe the number is they only averaged 55 rushing yards a game in the two games. And when they rush the, when they run the ball, they do much better than when they don't. I can't remember the exact stats on that. Um, But I think they'll, they'll show some, they'll show some grit there because I think I've always been a Pete Carroll guy, a supporter, when a lot of people are like, get him out. But that's a coach where players play for him because although he's the oldest coach and we all know that, he doesn't act like he is except when he wears ball cap and it's like, what's going on? But, oh my. Um, I want to see, yeah, Colette, calm down. Everybody, I'm a new person. I have a cat now. (laughs) Nobody would have guessed that Adam would own a cat, but I own a cat and she's kind of a little spaz sometimes. Um... I want to see if I could find there's a Mina Kimes tweet that was really funny about this because it was uh, like in the middle of last year, there were a lot of people talking about um, firing Pete Carroll because it was all about like uh, Russell Wilson covers up a lot of holes and, you know, like, yeah, you know, he but somebody said, I I can't find this This is going to bother me. Um, 
<laughs> Although I did find the tweet where she was like, just caught myself saying Whopper, Whopper, Junior Whopper. So basically they were saying that, isn't it funny how, you know, this time last year we were talking about how Russell Wilson covers up for all the mistakes of Carroll and now Carroll's making the playoffs for his 10th year out of the 13 seasons he's coaching by making basically the same team he always makes. Um, and I just, again, like, it's funny to say that, but obviously Russ has regressed as a passer insane amount from his last couple of years in Seattle, right? Like we can we can talk about them in the offseason when we talk about, you know, who's going to go to Denver and hopefully revitalize Russ. But Russ actually looked much like his old pers- person week 18. I mean, he really did. He did the the he, last three he, weeks. He's shown a little. He he, got, against Kansas City before he got knocked out, he did really well. Connection with Jerry Judy has developed. So, I mean, we'll... They're going to be an interesting team to follow into the offseason, but that was another prediction we both got right. We both said that we didn't think Denver was going to be that great, and they weren't. Well, we didn't. neither of us said they'd be this bad, but <laughs> we said they wouldn't be that great. Um, but, yeah, so I think that Pete Carroll is the same type of team Pete always wants to build, and I think that – I don't want to say this definitively because, you know, we don't know who Russell Wilson really is, but I think it says a lot that – the quarterback who is not known for being a little bit of a diva and a little bit of a I'm going to do it my way is the one that has set all the records for passing in Seattle, right? Like, I'm not saying that Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson, but this Geno Smith is better than this Russell Wilson. Yeah. And that's why this team's in the playoffs versus last year when they didn't make it, right? So I'm not going to be shocked if this game starts 10 nothing Seattle. And everybody's like, what the heck is going on, right? <laughs> now, I'm still picking the 49ers, which I believe we both are. Um, I feel like I might run your pool right now. I think – nice. I think uh, I think my final score will probably be – I'd say like 31-17 or something like that, right? I think it'll be close for a while, and then all of a sudden, you know, Shanahan is going to be like, Purdy, do three pump fakes and five George Kittle down the field, right? Like, I – feel like that'll happen near the end of the game but i won't be surprised if if seattle comes out swinging haymakers and says we're here right like okay we have nothing to lose so yeah i mean and because they don't right they're they're the interesting story of they controlled their fate yes weeks ago they were written off uh, it might have been after the 49ers loss a few weeks ago and carol said like we're still in this like it's okay they win in last week, and then they have to wait, like right? So, like, they're playing with, with house money, essentially, because they could have not been there. So they really, ultimately, I mean, yes, they have something to lose. Like, that's not what we mean. But they have nothing to lose, right? They're, I don't want to say lucky to be there. They've earned it. But they're a little bit lucky to be there, and I think they know that. And they know that no one's picking them. They know everyone's picking against them. And so they're going to say, hey, like, yeah. But we've been here. It's, Let's do it's, it. It's very rare for the team that was almost the consensus everybody was saying was going to be the worst team. Oh, yeah. People, ends up in the playoffs. That rarely, if ever, happens. So you're people right. People gave this team yeah. a year. Uh, even, sure. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But a year yeah. ago, not a year ago, but earlier this year, people were like, two wins, number one pick, lock it in. Like, that. that's not what happened. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. It's pretty cool. So we'll see what happens. I hope it's a great... Again, I hope all the games are great, right? You never hope for a bad game um but i could see this one turning a little bit late so my score is going to be 31 17 san francisco yeah i think it's 28 17 san francisco okay that's good that's good i like that uh let's head to the second game on saturday night chargers at jaguars i don't know did you see the chargers receipts tweet no listen as a marketing director 
I need you to go and watch this after the show because it's it's pretty awesome. They basically like had clips of all the uh, you know media talking heads just like talking about how they're not a real team and that Justin Herbert's a social media core quarterback as Acho always says and like just all these things but after everything there was like a sound effect of a receipt being printed and it showed like a little receipt printed and then at the end it was like we saved them all let's go Saturday <laughs> night it was really cool um, so yes Chargers winning social media this team did me. I, I did. Did I say this already? These are all that rematches. All these are all, yeah, no, we have not talked. about I think that. that that's the first time in NFL history that's happened that every first round matchup is a rematch from during the season. But this is all all of them are rematches. So the rematch of the earlier season win by the Jaguars, the thirty eight to ten win. I believe that was the week that we came on and said, "Let's talk about the Jaguars." Right? It was early enough in the season. It could have been, but thirty eight to ten win the Jags. Um, Mike Williams is, quote, trending towards playing, end quote, I read today. So we'll see what happens with that. But this is two young quarterbacks going at it. And, you know, we we talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence leading up to that draft, rightfully so, right? He was supposed to be the next big thing, the, the, the next, quote, since Andrew Luck quarterback, right, end quote, who was the since John Elway quarterback, right? Um, but... Trevor Lawrence has had one season his entire football career where he didn't win anything, right? And it was last year. Every other year he's won something, including this year where they won the division, which is insane. So I'm not saying he's going all the way or anything, but like we talk a lot about, oh, this guy's just a winner. I don't know if you could have a better example than Trevor Lawrence <laughs> right now. This guy just wins. Um, and this is a good team. And he's been, you know, the last two weeks he's been a little bit shaky, but over the large, you know, sample size of the second half of the season, Trevor Lawrence has been awesome. He was, yeah. Um, so I think that this could be a high-scoring, really fun game that could come down to which pass rush is going to make that one big play. That's how I see it going right now. Okay. I don't know how you see it. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good one. I throw the the week three meeting out the window a little bit. I don't think this is going to be a 38-10 to 10 game again. There, there are a lot of elements, right? So this was the game immediately following Justin Herbert's injury versus Kansas City Week 2 on Thursday Night Football. That was after he took that major vicious hit, and everyone's like, oh, man, like sit him down. He, has, he can't play. This is the game immediately following that. Keenan Allen was still not active during this time. This, so this is going to be a different Chargers team that played them. So we can't. Jaguars fans can't hang their hat on like, oh, we crushed them the first time because this is a completely different team that's coming into play. So I'm really, this might be my favorite wild card game this week because I think this is one where teams are fairly equal in my opinion. So I, I expect to see some fireworks. I'm really looking forward to this one because they're just weapons across the board, right? Now, the thing that you did bring up that I am a little nervous about is that during the streak that got the Jaguars to be in this position, the offense was on fire. The offense has not necessarily been on fire the last couple of weeks, and I hope they can get that turned around because I don't, and this is a personal thing, you know I don't love the defensive slugfest. I don't want a Jags-Titans game. I don't think we're going to get that, although I thought the Jags-Titans game was... Fun. Um, I will say, I I don't think we'll get that, but also I think we will get a high power Jags offense because this, no offense, this 
Chargers defense is not very good, and they're secondary. I don't know why you're saying no offense. They're secondary. I don't know. We have a lot of Chargers fans that listen. Um, the secondary is bad. The secondary cannot stop people. Um, I think that I think that ETN is going to have a huge receiving day. Um, and I can I can see this being like a Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Marvin Jones all have like seventy yards each, right? So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I do expect this to be a fireworks game. Um, I am looking to see how much of an impact a guy like Trevon Walker, the number one overall pick, is going to have because he has been pretty awesome this year. And his biggest, his most devastating trait is that he's shown an aptitude to be able to drop in coverage in the flats and cover those kind of plays. Um, so maybe mitigating the Austin Eckler type plays uh, from from the Chargers offense. So I'm, I'm interested to see does does Walker make a big game changing play in the end, right? Does uh, is this is gonna be a stupid question? Joey Bosa's Joey Bosa's back is back. Okay, um, I haven't followed the Chargers a lot in the last couple of weeks, but does Joey Bosa make a big play, right? Um, I, I think that it could come down to that kind of play. Uh, so that being said, I this one's really hard for me. I I I, I think that I. I don't remember what I put on Run Your Pool, but I I don't know, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pick. Does that mean you're just not going to answer? I'm going to wait for you to answer. <laughs> I feel like that's a total cop out. <laughs> yeah. So another fun thing: not only are we seeing all rematches, we're actually seeing a pretty historical number of quarterbacks making their first ever playoff start. Uh, here's a prime example of neither quarterback has started a playoff game in this game. Similar to Seattle and and San Francisco, both those guys are making their debuts as well. And Patrick Mahomes is the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoff picture at 27 years old. Nuts, <laughs> nuts. I'm going with the Chargers this one. I'm going with the home or I'm going with the road team. I just like their. This is a weird way of saying it because Doug Peterson has definitely brought it to Jacksonville, but I like their moxie a little bit more right now. And the trajectory of the two teams. I know both teams. So are they are in? They are in opposite directions because Jacksonville won to get in. L.A. lost theirs against Denver with pulling their starters and whatnot. But the manner in which those teams, even the just the game script played out, they were completely different, right? I think that's going to ride in here a little bit. I think L.A. is going to be okay moving the football. I hope that we see that from Jacksonville, but I just don't know right this second. Yeah, I. I think that initially on the pick and pool, I think I picked the Chargers. And then I think I came on this show ready to say Jaguars after all the podcasts I've listened to this week and just like watching stuff. But I I think I just, I would be surprised if Brandon Staley doesn't come out with the right game plan to win this and offensively. So I think I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the Chargers too. But I think I'm going to say like, 31-28. I would love that. Yeah, That'd be so I think fun. it's going to be that kind of game. I really do. I think 31-28, Herbert, you know, has to either, whether it be a, a winning field goal or a winning touchdown, I think it'll be back and forth. I think this, this game right here is the reason that L.A. was so aggressive in the offseason. I mean, really, it was probably to chase Kansas City, but to get here, right? That's why they went out and got Khalil Mack. And I want to see if Khalil Mack will step up to be what he was a couple years ago in this game. He's had the moments this year. He's definitely wrecked some games. Sure, yeah, he's had, them. he's had time. So we'll see if, if that happens here. I mean, right. I'm still feeling the Chargers. Score for you? Yeah, I, I actually love what you said. I'm going to write him down because I think it's fun. Uh, I'll say 34-28. 
It's All the right. game I'm looking forward to. The yeah, most. yeah. And we'll be at a party yeah. for part of it. I'll have my phone. Don't worry. I'll bring my little simultaneous catch set up. So <laughs> All right. Let's go to the first game of Sunday. The Dolphins traveling to the Bills. We have a three-peat. So, obviously, this is the game that everybody's really crapping on the most because <laughs> Skylar Thompson is starting and Josh Allen normally puts up big numbers against the, the Dolphins. Um, so, I think I want to spin this a, uh, a different way. I want to talk about how does Miami win this game. And I'm going to I'm gonna give you my two reasons and then we'll see what you okay, think. Okay. So, for me, me, Miami wins this game, number one, because of the run game, right? We have shown to be susceptible to the run. Ramondre Stevenson ran all over us last week. You guys have run all over us. Uh, I don't know the status of Mostert. I feel like he's questionable, but I think he said they, he's probably going to play. Oh, interesting. But I haven't heard that. Mostert, Mostert and Jeff Wilson behind them, that's how they win this game. And their defense, because Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, and Christian Wilkins are a pretty scary trio on the front four, right? So they win this game if they're able to run the ball and get to Josh Allen, which they can do, right? They, they Regardless of their quarterback, they can do both those things, and right? Now, I don't think anybody is going to pick the Dolphins, right? But that, to me, is the really two ways that they can win this game. Because I don't see Skylar Thompson going toe-for-toe toe with Josh Allen through the air. No, and well, I feel like very few quarterbacks actually can. But I will say, I think Skylar Thompson is equipped just fine to handle maybe not the situation of being in the playoffs and everything but Skylar Thompson is perfectly equipped to handle this offense he can air it out better than Teddy Two Gloves can it's been a it's been just the weirdest season of injuries not only because of Tua but so Skylar Thompson's had one full start right and only one full week to really prepare because even the game against the Jets when or not I can't remember it was the other one he was supposed to start that's when he got knocked out so no one no one had time to be like oh I've worked with the number ones all week to know the game plan and really do this so it's just been the craziest year in Miami for that aspect but Skylar Thompson remember the reason he's on the team is because he balled out in the, pre- in the preseason yeah I really liked Skylar Thompson in the preseason I thought he looked really great so I was very excited for his if he was going to get an opportunity so having the guy out there actually practicing preparing to play I think is going to be important and significant because he can get the ball to those playmakers the number one thing that I think if Miami has a chance it is kind of what what you said, and it's the defense putting the pressure on Josh Allen because Josh Allen has always been prone to making mistakes, but he's shown that this year that he'll be like, yeah, like I'm superhero, like let's just make it happen. So the defense not only needs to put that pressure on, but they need to capitalize on those situations. I also want to just this is kind of a semi tangent. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I saw somebody. Uh, point out they were like here's my annual mvp players throw a lot of interceptions or throw a lot of interception worthy plays because that's how you win mvp and they showed like a lot of silly throws that mahomes has made guys i know josh allen's thrown 14 interceptions mahomes has also thrown 11 right so when you're a good quarterback sometimes you take big shots and and they're you know Turnovers happen, right? Now so, I will say that, but I'll say like they're like this isn't like oh you're throwing sixty yards and like they're they're been like oh no, yes why'd you throw yes, that? He has made mistakes, but I think that I just I just wanted to say it real because I think a lot I think 
uh, too many people are like, oh, Josh Allen, just uh, turnover, turnover, turnover. It's like, yeah, he makes, but he's so far past that kind of thing his first couple of years, in my opinion. I don't know if I totally agree because, like, yes, maybe Mahomes is throwing 11, but the like the interception against Buffalo when, like, he did the rollout thing and just tossed it up and the defender was there, like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Interceptions versus just interceptions are different, in my opinion. Sure. And uh, Allen had a, had a pick against uh, New England last week, too, that was like, ah, why'd you even why'd you throw that? <laughs> yeah. So, so I, that's all no, I'm saying. Right. But, yeah, so I think... I think that if Miami can mitigate, tur- like not have turnovers, run the ball, and put Skyler in the best position to, you know, because he's a he's mobile, he throws on the run, right? He's got he's not like a cannon arm, but he's got an arm. Sure. So I think that if they can, you know, make a couple of big plays with Hill and Waddle, you know, run after the catch and run the ball, I could see this being a close game. I don't think it will be. <laughs> My prediction is I think it's going to be a 14-14 game heading into halftime. People are going to be like, what well, is going on? pretty fun. I think people are going to what's going on? But my final score is 38-14. I think in the second half. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I think I think what's, I think it's going to be similar to what happened to the our week one game against the Rams where it was like, oh, it's a tie game. This is close. But in the second half, it's just we start rolling. So that's what, <laughs> that's what I think will happen. Okay, I think it is going to be, uh, let me get my math down here. I think it's going to be um, 20 to, can can 34 is the score, right? Let me. Yeah, 34 would be four touchdowns and two field goals. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, so 34-20. Yep. All right. It's not, they're not that different. <laughs> Um, oh, cool. All right, awesome. Let's get to the second game. Uh, this is actually the game that I'm most looking forward to. Okay. I'm really excited to watch Giants traveling to Minnesota. There's a lot of people talking about this game and talking about how this, like, but from both perspectives. So at first it was like, oh, this is the upset, right? This is the Giants, the Giants, the Giants. But then I saw a lot of people being like, guys, the Giants are not really that good. Brian Dayball is just a wizard and he's putting this together with duct tape and, and crazy glue and the... Vikings are a real team and they're going to win. Uh, so this is very interesting too. That I think uh, there, a lot is going to be said about the offenses, and both offenses are actually really good. I know that the Giants don't have a ton of wide receivers, but their running game is great. Daniel Jones has been great with the run and uh, Isaiah Hodgins is becoming. A listen, name. listen. I loved Isaiah Hodgins in Buffalo, and he was a fourth round pick. And everybody's like. We need a wide receiver. How did Bean let Hodgins go? I was like, calm down, guys. Just, like, chill. But uh, I think the key to this game is Kirk Cousins has been hit more than any other quarterback in the in football. Now, he's not first in, sa- in sacks, right? He's 46, which is top five in sacks. But he gets hit a lot. And uh, let me give you four names right here. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Aziz Ojolari, and Kevon Thibodeau. That, that, that's the game for me. I think that that front four is going to wreak havoc on the on the Minnesota uh, offensive line, and I think Kirk's just going to get hit a lot in this game. And I think that whether it ends up being you know a really really close game like it was when they when they met earlier in the season, um, or if it ends up being you know just too much, I don't know. But I think it's going to. I think on Monday morning we're going to be like that that front seven, that, especially that front four, the Giants got after Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you're making me not that excited for this anymore because I was like, yeah, like I really like my gut saying the Giants, and I don't know why, but I'm just and now like, oh yeah, the Giants, and now I'm like, oh, should I just pick Minnesota? Because you think I'm wrong? 
Well, history has shown a All lot. Right. Well, that's rude. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that it's hard because we've been talking about... I feel bad for Minnesota and for their fans because... All season, everybody's been like, do you believe in the Minnesota Vikings? And, I mean, they won 13 games. I know that all of them were by one possession, right? But I just... Yes, Colette, you agree? <laughs> um, tell me, Just tell me how... Talk to me positive about Minnesota. Because we, we, I just talked positive about the Giants. Uh, Minnesota wins this game. Why? Yeah, I, I don't think it's difficult to talk about Minnesota because actually I feel like everything that people are piling on about Minnesota is what's working for Minnesota is that they have the magical season right now. I talked earlier about the the historic collapse uh, in, in negative light of Indianapolis, but it's only a positive light for Minnesota in my opinion. I don't care about the, like, oh, like, you got down 30 points. Like, I think Minnesota, no matter what situation they're in this weekend or moving forward or any time for the rest of the season, no matter how long it is, they will think no matter what situation we get ourselves into, there's nothing that we can't get ourselves out of. And, you know, that's a really that's a really great point that I – because we've talked to – like you said, we've talked – I, I was just going to rehash what you said. But you're right. You hit the nail on the head. Everybody's talking about that that's what's wrong with them, but that should be considered a strength. You know? It should be considered a strength that they're battle-tested, right? Iron sharpens iron, right? They've gone through the gauntlet, and they win every time that they're in that, right? Even against this Giants team. So I, I'll i go picks first. I am going to say the Giants. I am going to pick the Giants. I just – I think this Brian Dayball story is real. I think – I mean, I saw it firsthand with how he helped turn around Josh Allen, and now he has Daniel Jones playing great. Um, Daniel Jones' last, last week had – the, the week that they had to win two weeks ago, four total touchdowns, right? Like, he's just playing really great. And I think that the giant, like, I think that the Vikings, we talked about this earlier in the season. Uh, Zadarius Smith has been, has been awesome, but he's really their biggest playmaker. And outside of that, their run defense isn't very great. I could totally see Saquon Barkley just going off in this game. So I'm going to say Giants, uh, Giants 24. Vikings twenty three. Oh my! I think God. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be shocking that one the upset, but two. I think it's gonna be stun people that they're gonna finally lose one of these close games. What is the math to get to twenty three? <laughs> to twenty three, so they're gonna score two touchdowns and, and three, three field, field goals. goals. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the field some... goals. I think the field goals because I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna move the ball a lot. But I think a big sack is going to push them back multiple times okay. when they're when they get close and force them to kick that field goal. Okay. Yeah, even the games that the Giants lost, I don't want to, that's not true because they lost 7, right? But I think back to like the Thanksgiving game, like they were in that. Like they can play up to competition. They they don't roll over and I think that probably does have a large part to do with Brian Dayball. And maybe we get a little Kenny G resurgence in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Funny. <laughs> um, but something about my my gut is just saying the Giants in this one. And I don't know why, because I've been the Minnesota truther, I guess you will say, for most of the year. I've been like, yeah, like it's okay. You like, defended them, they, for sure. More but than there's just something about this. I'm like, this is it. This is, this is the Giants' time to step up in this game. I don't think that means they go on their magical Super Bowl run that they we've seen them do in... in the past 20 Daniel years. Daniel Jones looks an awful lot like Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> he does. 
But I don't think that's to happen. But I think this game, just they pull out some New York giant magic. Okay. Score? Score? Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, 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 this, I'm just going to – I don't think this. I'm not thinking too much into okay. this. But all year I've been like, the Giants need to score more than 24. Sure. There you go. So there I'm going to say they're going to score – 30. Ooh. I think the Vikings score 24. I was going to say, you said more than 24, and I put them at 24 specifically <laughs> because of that. Well, so. then they're going to lose if they score 24. It'll be fantastic. All right, let's go to the final game on Sunday, Sunday Night Football. A game that really should be super fun. It, it should be, but it's not going to be because Lamar Jackson probably not playing this game. He's not practicing. I, I was going to say, today. he's not been officially ruled out, but not practicing. Tyler Huntley is practicing, so maybe it'll be a little bit better than we thought. I want to talk about this game, though, not in the lens of, oh, this is a bummer. I think that this could be a sneaky good, good game for me. Not for anybody else, but for me. Okay. I think this could turn into a slop fest because the Ravens' defense is not just good. They're great. Let me read you some stats since Roquan Smith has come over, who just got a contract extension, now the highest-paid off-ball linebacker in NFL history. Mike Mikas is freaking out right now because he doesn't believe in off-ball linebackers. <laughs> I'm just kidding, bud. Love you. Go Cowboys. Uh, um, only against Tom Brady, though. Uh, so, since the Ravens have traded for Roquan Smith, in weeks 1 to 8, they were 24th in yards per game, allowing 346.3 yards. And since then, they have allowed 288.8 yards per game. Uh, so they have vastly improved in that area. They are now second in the NFL in points allowed per game. They've only allowed 14.7 points per game since they've gotten Roquan Smith. 14.7 points. That's a disgusting number. They're allowing a full one yard less per carry, now 3.5 yards per carry, well below the average of the NFL this season. Uh, and in the opponent's red zone, this is the biggest number. Opponent red zone, red zone touchdown percentage. Red zone. red zone. Touchdown percentage. In the first eight weeks, they allowed 61.3% of the time their opponents scored a touchdown in the red zone. Since Roquan's come over, only 28% of the time to teams score touchdowns. I think that this game, you know... If Lamar were in this game, I would be slamming the table saying the Ravens win this game. I'd swear to you. I'm not picking the Ravens, but as long as Tyler Huntley plays and he's not like a crazy turnover guy, which he's never really been in his career, in his short career, um, I think that this could be a really close defensive battle. Because the Cincy's got a good defense too. Yeah. Um, I think that this, this Ravens defense is very, very good. And let's not forget, they had a shot against this Cincy team last week when Anthony Brown was in the game, right? So I think that this could turn into a slop fest. I think it could be a, a, a game where neither team gets to 20 points. And I won't be I won't be stunned if there's an upset. I, I, just, I don't think there will be, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than everybody thinks it's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't hate that thinking. I don't know if I believe it ever really feels like Baltimore is in it. It's just, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, in my opinion, bringing up the sneaky good Cincinnati defense, because I do, I think that's the perfect word for them. I think they're a sneaky good defense. So you're right. Huntley is never been like, oh, I'm going to go throw a handful of picks. But there was a magic about him last year that 
in my opinion, has not translated to his there, second stint this year. There were That's a good thing to point out because there were a lot of people last year that were like, hey, trade Lamar and go with Huntley because Huntley looks great. Yeah, I mean, like, I was like, yeah, like, let's get this guy a starting gig somewhere. And I mean, like, I still hope that. I still like him, but like... I think I actually suggested Seattle in the offseason. I think I said he'd be fun being Seattle's quarterback. I just, I haven't seen that that command, that control. And I think part of it could be due to outside weapons. But even he isn't in my... And I haven't watched an extensive amount of Baltimore film with him. But he's not even running with the same command that he, he Which was. Which I think is big because he was a really dangerous runner. Very much so. Um, in his run. I mean, didn't he... The, they didn't beat the Packers, but it was a close game, wasn't it, last year? Yeah, it year? came down to the field awesome conversion. Yes, very much yes. so. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm taking Cincinnati. I think it's going to be 24-16. The score that I had already wrote down was 20-17. to 17. So we're, we're close with a lot of our predictions. But yeah, I do think it'll end up being a lot closer than people expect because both these defenses are very good. Um and I think that we were hard on Kyle Hamilton early in the season, the rookie, because we were like, oh, he hasn't actually looked that great. Kyle Hamilton and Roquan Smith have been in a, a terrifying tandem running to the football. I don't know if you've seen some of all 22 footage being posted, but there's some beautiful footage out there on tape where Hamilton and Roquan perfectly in sync, ru- like like heat-seeking missiles to the football. <laughs> so I think it'll be really fun in that aspect if you're a fan of defensive football. If not, sorry. But uh, yes, I also agree with you. The Ravens are are going to lose to the Bengals. All right. Monday <laughs> night, Monday night football. Rebound. The Dallas Cowboys traveling to God, the division-winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't. I just, I can't. I, I hope Dallas wins by 50. Uh, so the the interesting thing about this game, there's plenty of them, is Dallas at different times this year have shown top five caliber defense and top five caliber offense. It's just rarely at the same time, right? Right? They've had they've shown it at, at multiple different times, but rarely do they put it all together. And the only time the Bucks really look scary, and the only time Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay really terrifies me, is when he gets to call his own plays in the two minute no huddle scenario, right? And in those moments, he's truly terrifying, and the offense is hard to stop. But outside of that, they're really just slow. I, it's, there's no way to say it other than that is that they're, they don't have the team speed that a lot of other teams have, and I think that's really hurt them this year. I, don't, I can't get a really good feel in this game because I think a lot of people are upset with how Dallas finished the season, right? And so the question is, is that Dallas or was that just a slip-up? Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that because there there have been chinks in the armor. So this has been a really, for all intents and purposes, really special year for Dallas. Considering everything that happened, we lose Dak in Week One, and then Cooper Rush comes in and does very very well until one start, and then everyone's like, "Oh, this is why we have four. Thank God, because this guy's trash, even though he wasn't trash at all during that run." And then we saw, like you said. We've seen the the historic fourth quarter against Indianapolis. Man, Indianapolis. <laughs> but then the last couple of weeks against Dallas have have shown some some major concerns, in my opinion. 
Yeah, so it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens in this game because go back a year ago in this situation, Dallas is coming off that major blowout against Philly as Philly had all their backups in and it didn't translate into the wildcard weekend. I mean, that was, in my opinion, the best wildcard weekend game last year was Dallas and San Francisco and the crazy ending. But we'll have to see if coming off of this really ugly, ugly game against Washington, if they can flip the script and get it going in the right direction in this game. Yeah, I think it's all just about efficiency, right? Like, I know that that's a, that's a word we throw around and, you know, that's, we could say every team needs to be efficient. But Dallas has so much that's good, right? Um, but they're just really inefficient at times, right? Like, they're one of the heaviest run teams in the NFL, but on first and second down, they're not, like, that's really not the time to run right up the middle, right? <laughs> um, so, and, and Dak Prescott, at times, throws passes that I'm like, that's a top five quarterback in the NFL. There are not a lot of quarterbacks that can do that kind of thing. But then he makes dumb decisions and throws, right? Like, he did some in, in Washington, right? So it's just, it's about being more efficient with, the plays that you do, right? That's that was not a very smart sentence. I'm really sorry, but <laughs> Dallas. We all know what you're saying. Dallas should win this game by a lot of points, but I don't know if they do based off of them being the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, right? Um, so I guess are we? We're both saying Dallas wins this game or are you I'm to- saying Tampa oh, Tom is no! going to win this game oh no are going the Tampa Bay Break Buccaneers oh man you I'm know hurt. the reason why I'm hurt I'm hurt Raymond J Stadium has the- a grass oh field. no the grass field <laughs> and Tampa or I'm Dallas stick- plays much I'm better on turf than I'm they do on natural Cowboys. grass <laughs> What's yeah, the score? I, I I think a score. So I feel really good about, and I don't know, you can never put stuff into sample sizes, right? Or else I wouldn't believe that the Jags have a chance or even Dallas because the last sample size we've seen has been bad. So, but I, I love when they, when Tampa absolutely needed to win the game to win the division against Carolina, they looked like they did last year when they were lighting it up. We went into the fourth quarter, and I get that this is your point. This is what you're saying, that it can't just all come down to these last-minute situations or just one good quarter of football. But we went into the the fourth quarter of that game. Tampa was down by 10 points. You're like, they lost. It's done. I was like, ah, hang on. And, and it they also, looked- they came to some magic, too, with that punt, that miraculous. Did you see that? The, the, yeah. When, the, like, when he miraculously gets it, it pretty off. awesome. Like, though. it just... Uh, you're right. There is a weird. There's it's it. It's followed Tom Brady his entire career. There's like a weird aura around Tom Brady teams. We talked about it week one. You disagree with me then. Brady's never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Is it going to happen 7-0. now? Seven and zero. He's seven and zero. Is it going to happen now? Cowboys. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm going Tampa. I don't What's know a, why. What final score? I think I'm going to go with. I'm picking way too high scores. It's never going to happen fair. the way that it that's is. Right. Like I'm, I'm making the games too exciting. Sure, that's. Okay. I think it's going to be twenty-eight to twenty-four. Twenty-eight, twenty-four. Okay, so I will say this before I pick the game. Your outcome happens. Is Mike McCarthy a Dallas Cowboy head coach? <laughs> well, Jerry Jones said. It doesn't matter what happens. I think it absolutely should matter what happens. Uh, yeah, with, with I think, completely going against something that I said earlier on in the year, and they have had some injuries, and they 
in, in some ways. I think Dallas has one of the most complete teams in the NFL. But I feel like there's been regression in certain areas. And I think that is due to coaching. Now they have, you know, a lot of people have spoiled on Kellen Moore. And they're like, he's doing a bad job with Dak because he's just letting Dak go out and, and be a little nuts and be a little crazy. And that's a reason for the turnovers and whatnot. But they have Dan Quinn, who who is very good. I think he's going to be heavily looked at in this head coaching cycle, which I'm a little bit worried about. You know he's my already, opinions on Dan Quinn. He's already scheduled for some interviews. But uh, I think he is a phenomenal defensive leader and defensive mind. And so it comes back to when we talked about it last year and in the playoff situation, we talked about the the going for it and having that time and then doubling down and being like, no, it was the right thing. I don't I don't care. Like if people disagree, I think it comes down to Mike McCarthy. And, and I get it that you have won 12 games to get in this spot. But it, at the end of the day, you're not playing for 12 wins, right? You're looking for consistently good. And that is not what we've seen. This is especially not what we've seen and, as of late. You know, and if they come out and don't look sharp, like, that's going to be super telling. Now, I will say it's – I don't want to – any team will tell you, we're not playing for 12 wins, we're playing for it all, right? But certainly the Dallas Cowboys are not playing for 12 wins, and certainly not this Dallas Cowboys roster are not playing for 12 wins, right? So you're right there. I do think that there is – like, nobody's going to say Mike McCarthy is the best coach, Right. I think Mike McCarthy, the way he's coached the last couple of years, is good enough for them to make a run. It should be good enough for them sure, to make okay, a run, right? Sure, okay, yeah. He's, he's won a lot of games, right? He's not a bad coach, right? I have come on and said that I thought Mike McCarthy was a bad coach. He's not a bad coach. I was wrong. He's a, he's a good coach. He's probably a very good coach, right? You don't win a lot of games. and Like, they won 12 this year. How many did they win last year? They won a lot last year, too, right? Like, yeah, I can't I remember. I don't know off the top of my head. It but was double digits. He's won a lot of games, right? Like, you don't win a lot of games in this league unless you're a very good head coach or at least a good head coach, right? But if they lose and they lose like you're saying they're going to lose, I it, it would I think Jerry Jones would think about it. Certainly with Sean Payton floating around and all those rumors, right? But I don't see that happening. I am picking Dallas. I'm going to say Dallas. only disagree. How exciting. I'm going to say Dallas 28, um, Tampa Bay 21. I uh, I think there's I think both there's going to be a lot of going for it for both teams. So I think both teams just score touchdowns, and it's going to be four touchdowns to three. Um, and I just think I could also see this game being like twenty eight to fourteen heading into the fourth quarter. Dallas is up, and you know they just hang on, and you know Tom Tampa just can't do it. Um, but uh, I will I will just I will say, and I I'm ready to be wrong because you're absolutely right. Dallas is, in my opinion, a far better team. They should win. But if it's a one-score game, it's Tampa. They they just continue for I mean, whatever good, reason. They point. keep doing it. It's a good it. point. And you know what? This is such a Josh pick, and which probably means that you're probably right, and that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. But uh, just for just for uh, dramatic sake, I'll go with Dallas. So to the recap, I love um, it. it's the only one we disagree on. Uh, so we both have Seattle losing on the road against the 49ers. 49ers moving on. We both have the Chargers going on the road, beating the Jaguars Saturday night. We do both have the Bills w- winning in decently convincing fashion at home against the Dolphins. The Giants upset on the road against the Vikings. Uh, the Ravens can't quite up- put up enough points to beat the Bengals. And we differ. Josh thinks Tom Brady <laughs> figures it out and wins on a, on a final drive probably. Um, 
And then I do have the Dallas Cowboys advancing. It should be fun, man. I'm, I'm really excited. I think that uh, I know that we always talk about like I, 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 I've, I've made the comment best weekend in football for divisional round every week. So I think, I think the wild card is usually more I do exciting. really love the wild card round. Super wild card round has been fun the last couple of years. So we'll see what happens. Um, I have one cold read before okay. we talk about some fantasy. So uh, Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen. The question has been posed, is this the greatest quarterback discrepancy ever in the playoffs? Oh, my gosh. I'm posing a couple of other matchups to you. <laughs> okay. And you tell me which one is actually the biggest discrepancy. So we have Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen. <laughs> we have, in 2011, Tim Tebow versus Big Ben. Now, of course, that was an upset, and Tebow was awesome in that game. Okay. But, you know, overall. We've got Jeff Hostetler against Joe Montana the year that Hostetler was the backup and ended up beating the Bills in the Super Bowl that year. And then the other one I could think of heading into the game was Nick Foles versus Tom Brady, and we obviously know how that went. Well, I want to I want to say, in all of those situations, the really b- big underdog won. That's why I chose <laughs> those three. I'm just posing it to you. Um, Do you know how crushed I'll be if Skylar Thompson beats? <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll be upset if we make it all the way and then, you know, the Chiefs beat us. And it's like, oh, you can't. You're losing to the Chiefs again, but there's just something different about <laughs> Skylar Thompson came in and threw five touchdowns hey, and beat you. The kid, the kid has nothing to lose. Um, we can say that now because we're old. We can say kid. Yeah, we can. <laughs> um, we're both older than every quarterback starting in the AFC playoffs. I will say yes, it is. Because you, you brought up some great examples, and I can't really speak to to the 80s quarterback play. I can't pretend I know too much about that. But, I mean, I think about Tim Tebow. He was a first-round pick, right? Had so much going for him. At Florida, he was kind of the savior for a handful of reasons. Even Nick Foles, like, so that was his second stint with Philadelphia, right? But the first stint, he had the the magical run of getting to the playoffs and being there at least before. So I th- I think you could make an argument for that one because he was going against the GOAT, where we know Josh Allen is physically a, a, a freak and can do so much, but probably hasn't earned like that reputation. But I think when it comes down to experience, expectations, and physical attributes, this probably is the biggest discrepancy. I think I would probably agree with you. Um, makes the most sense. Um, we'll see what happens. I like it's it's weird because part of me wants it to be a really good game, right? Just because I like good football, but part of me is like, I don't want it to be a good game because everybody's gonna be like, "Oh wow, the Bills didn't win by 40. Is there a problem <laughs> with the Buffalo Bills?" So I don't know. But uh, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, my cold read, and you're gonna shut it down real okay. quick. But okay. I think uh, it it is something so. Chicago earned the, the, the number, number one, one overall the pick. Number one overall thanks pick. to that yeah, BA uh-huh. move by Lovey. And uh they they didn't just shut down the no quarterback talk. Look, I I think that is strategic. I think they're like not shutting it down because if they shut it down, who's gonna worry about trading to number one, right? Because they can just trade to two. They know Chicago's not taking a quarterback. I think that they're like, we're not ruling anything out so that people are afraid that they might take Bryce wrong and then they will offer them a bigger package. Now, I I understand I understand people saying, 
whatever they want to say. I think it would be so foolish to move on from Justin Fields. I know that I have been the Justin Fields guy since he was drafted. And I know that, you know, this year I was on the show being like, yes, I told you guys, Justin Fields is great. And I know that, like, this year it was mostly his running, but he definitely has shown flashes as a passer. I I think Justin Fields is going to be something great in this league. And I think it would be foolish for them to be like, we're just going to take Bryce Young here. Now, so here's my thinking. I don't know why you're like I've been the Justin Field guy. I was also that was also my no. I know we were both we were both Justin Fields guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> but number one, I don't think the trade argument has that much to do with it because everyone, I guess I shouldn't say, definitely knows. But Texans at two, they're they're going to take a quarterback, so they can't be like, oh, like we'll trade up with Houston because Houston if. Chicago doesn't take a quarterback, they're definitely going to want to be I like, oh, we a, get our I, guy. No, I guess it's a good point. The thing that concerns me is, you're right, Fields has been so phenomenal, so special, and so fun to watch. But there have been times, I just don't know if I think Fields can make it long term. This year he got banged up so many times, and that's not on, oh, like he took big sacks. Like it's been like, Fields is getting hurt doing what made Fields so special. And I get the whole, like, you add more O-line, you add weapons so he can be more of a pocket-passing quarterback, which I think he can be that. I mean, like, even at Ohio State, he wasn't setting these records, right? He wasn't—he almost—actually, I don't even—I don't think he did, but he almost set the rushing record, right? Yeah, he he probably would have had he not gone down because he got over 1,000 yards— um, at, Lamar has the record, yeah. But at Lamar's record is like eleven hundred or something. So, if he but he almost, us, and he, he almost even it. with the yeah. time out, right. he yeah. almost still got it. Close. So I, I'm just really worried about the longevity and the durability of that. And so it's fascinating because other people are going to be really enamored with that, right? Chicago doesn't need to trade the number one overall pick to get so, picks. They could no, know, trade know, Justin know, Fields. So, so then let me let me turn this back on you. Um, what is the deal that makes you as a GM say, okay, I have to take that? So I will say I think teams will be willing to to give a top pick this year. So Mike Tannenbaum's thing on Get Up, I don't know if you saw this and that's why you're bringing this up. No. He said the Chicago Bears should trade Justin Fields because people will offer a first and a third round pick and you should take that because that's two starters and then you could take Bryce Young and Bryce Young's going to be better. You know, people on the show know as I look to the audience on the TV <laughs> how much I hate Mike Tannenbaum and think he's a freaking idiot. But... Is a first and a third round pick a deal you take for Justin Fields right now? Because my answer is I laugh you off the phone. Um, I would try to negotiate for more, but I I but under- you take it. But I you understand it. that because you get your quarterback, okay. you get another first round pick, so and then you are assuming that your third round pick will. You're assuming, but I mean the I mean the Bears' third round pick this year was Jaquan Brisker, and he was awesome. Yeah. So I will. So I guess you're saying you take that. Is that because? more concerned for what you just said about Fields, or do you believe in Bryce Young that much? No. For me, personally, being GM lapping, I'm concerned that we didn't get a full year, and not only a full year, but there were in-game situations where it was like, oh, he got hurt, and he is not performing up to what he can be. That makes me really nervous. Be like, This is our franchise guy for a long, long time. Because you're assuming, I mean, I guess we could give him another year and see if we're in the same exact situation. We're hoping that's not the case, right? 
but to be like, we have the number one overall pick, we can get another haul for this guy, because I do think that's probably too low. I think people are going to be really, really fascinated by what Fields brings to the table. So you're saying you would try to negotiate. So you're saying if somebody offers you two first-round picks straight up for Justin Fields. Oh, yeah, I would take immediately that. Immediately take it. Yep. Okay. Mm. And that's not because Ooh. I don't love no, the I guy. Know. I know why. I know. I would just, and again, I just love Justin Fields. I they just have so much cap room. They have so many picks and they have so many good young players in this team. I want them to go all in on Justin Fields so bad cuz I believe that the the Bears um, this is so funny cuz my next sentence is if Justin Fields stays healthy, I believe the Bears should be a threat for the division next year. Sure. I like I genuinely believe that. And so it does come down to the health thing and I guess if you're that concerned about it and somebody offers you that much then you can't say no to that I mean I'm the same guy who in a dynasty league who loves just Christian McCaffrey by the way just had to trade him because a guy offered me five first round picks for him and I was like <laughs> I guess I, I don't want to say no to that right um so I guess there's there's a way to say there's a you know a godfather offer but uh it would it would hurt this I would is... be so sad you, you know if we're talking about this now What's the team that you'd be like, that's the team that should do it? Because I have an answer immediately. Oh, that's fascinating. I don't know if I do. Uh, what's a team that should do it? Um, yeah, what's your answer? My answer is immediately the Jets have to stand up and be like, here's everything. Take everything. Take <laughs> okay. all of our picks. Sure. Because the rest of their team is a playoff team. Sure. The rest of their team is a contending team, right? Like legitimately so you say you put Justin Fields under center with Brees Hall and, and James Robinson and Zonovan Knight and you get you know Garrett Wilson who's was unstoppable against the Dolphins right and that front seven and Sauce Gardner and Reed like that's a playoff Super Bowl caliber team right away if Justin Fields is on that field yeah uh the the team that screams to me and I don't know in terms of ammunition like I'm taking that out of it right uh probably Vegas that would be pretty. That would be pretty fascinating. They don't. They don't have the ammunition because of the Devonte Adams trade. But that's that is that would be an interesting one for sure. I just this is not the same situation because we're talking about. Although I really liked him back in the day, we saw this five years ago with the Cardinals. They just invested in Josh Rosen. They got it, and everyone made the big deal. Like, oh, they 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 haven't just shut it down to say no. And then I'm pretty positive we were like, that's stupid. And then it happened. Like, I just, there's something weird about, like, why don't you just be like, yeah, like, it, we have our guy. No, again, you're right. I, I think that there's, when there's smoke, there's fire. So it, this will be another, yet another offseason <laughs> storyline to follow. But I would be pretty crushed because I love Fields and I love him well, in Chicago. Well, I mean, like, I like rooting wherever for him. he goes, we can still root That's for true. him. That's true. We can still root for him. That's fine. <laughs> I just don't want him to go to the Jets because then they're going to beat my team. Um, regardless, Let's get to some fantasy corner. Oh, yeah. So you had a great fantasy year. I came in second place in three leagues, and all of them were because of the unfortunate Monday night matchup that happened. Uh, but you won two leagues, three leagues? Yeah, I won three. Um, I was really proud of fantasy this year. I was in ten leagues. I made it the playoffs in eight, made it the championship in four, and I won three. It's pretty sensational. I did not have as great of numbers. I think I was in 11 <laughs> leagues. Um I made the playoffs in five, 
and I made the title game in three. That's pretty. So that's it's, still it's pretty okay, good odd. That that's a um, good statistics. So I thought it'd be fun. I don't know if our listeners ever do fantasy playoff challenge, but NFL.com does fantasy playoff challenge every year. Uh, I think it's a really cool and unique way to do fantasy. But basically, what happens is every week you pick players, and every week that your players move on, they double their points. So if you pick players this week that are either on a buy or play and win this week, next week they will have two times points. If they move on the next week, they will have three times. And if they make it to the Super Bowl, they'll have four times the points. So I'm going to reveal mine in a second here. Uh, if you want to pick yours live on the air, that'd be cool too. The strategy over the years is normally what two teams do you think are going to make it, right? Normally because then you get two teams that have four times the points. I have found, though, that when I look at the winning rosters, they have mostly team players that have made it all the way. But littered throughout that, are players that just had huge weeks and didn't win or okay. huge weeks and won a week and then got knocked out. That makes sense. So with that in mind, my playoff challenge quarterback is Josh Allen. I'm going Allen and Diggs because I think Buffalo's going to make it. So I'm going Allen and Diggs against the Dolphins. Uh, my other team that I think is going to make it, like I said, early in the season, I think Philly is going to actually make it. So I have A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Jake Elliott. Now, they're not going to play this week, but next week when they play in the divisional round, they will automatically have times two points. I got the Buffalo Bills defense again. Like I said, they're going to make it. And my two wild card players are at running back. I have Christian McCaffrey. One, because it's entirely possible that I'm wrong about the NFC and the 49ers go the whole way, right? But also, I think McCaffrey goes off this week. And next week, whoever they play. And then I have Saquon Barkley, who is my big wild card because only 5% people are starting Barkley. I think the Vikings defense is bad, and I think that he's going to have a huge running game. So that's my that's my wild card round fantasy playoff. I game. will say uh, I love this, and you were like, the winning teams don't pick the teams that go all the way. And you're like, I'm God, these guys are going all the way. No, 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 no. The winning teams typically have the bulk of their guys that oh. went all the way, but they have a couple of players here or there okay. that – didn't go all the way but had huge weeks so i'm saying saquon and, and mccaffrey i actually think are both going to move on anyway but i also think they're both going to have big weeks sure okay so it, it, it might hurt if we get to the super bowl and it's philly buffalo and i don't have two guys that have times for at running back position right but i think i can be okay at the running back position for that so we're doing this personally between you and i i think that'd be fun if we try to go head to head okay are you gonna you're gonna do do anything right do now? You want or? me to? I, I mean, like I don't have any. Like I don't even have an NFL count anymore. That's okay. So we, we just go by position to position. I mean, oh, like I can tell you, like who you I could would tell me pick. who you would. Pick, yeah. Right? So I my Super Bowl is uh, is a rematch. I think it's San Francisco Kansas City, which would be fun. I I I, I guess I can say that would be fun. Uh, I would like it to be Buffalo, but you so know. so your quarterback would be Mahomes. Mahomes right? is my quarterback. Okay, Christian McCaffrey is my running back. Okay, so I'm going a lot of chalk. That's okay. Uh, I really love your Saquon pick. Um, I think though I would lean towards um Miles Sanders. That's a good pick. In, That's a good in, pick. In mine. Especially for yours, if you don't think Philly's going, but you think that. But Sanders I think could they. Have a, yeah. I think they go to the championship. And he'll have. Game. And he'll have times two next week and times three in the championship week if they make it. So that's big. Um. So I that that one's tough. That's a little undecided right now, but I really like that. Um. I get two wide receivers. So wide receivers is a tough one. Because I really do like your AJ Brown pick. I think that's really good, and that fits the narrative that I really like with going to the championship game. Um, 
wide receiver, there's just nothing that I really love because I don't love a Kansas City wide receiver because I think the ball's going to be so spread out. Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a wild card pick, but I, they have been trending towards you using know, him a Kadarius lot. If Kadarius Tony went off, actually, hold on, I'll look at it right now because you can see the start percentage. If Kadarius Tony ended up going off, so you watch, look how low he is. Yeah. <laughs> Kadarius Tony is being started by less than 1% of people. If you started Kadarius Tony and he actually was crazy, you would have an incredible chance of actually being like one Who is of the, the number one just for? It's Diggs. Oh, the Diggs top, is the number one? The top five percentage-wise on this challenge are Diggs, Chase, Jefferson, Samuel, and A.J. Brown. Like I said, a lot of people don't do the strategy of pick the players that you think are going to go to the Super Bowl because a lot of people actually, I don't think, strategize that way. But that is typically the best strategy is nail the Super Bowl and have a couple of guys that had an awesome game. Like like the year the year that uh, Tennessee lost to Kansas City when Kansas City went and won the Super Bowl, the winning player had had Derrick Henry okay. for that run, right? Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm undecided right now on the second wide receiver. Probably Jamar Chase. I think that's what the championship game's going to be. Oops. Foreshadowed <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> uh, tight end. Look, you snuck that in there. Travis Oops. Kelsey. Uh, yeah, kicker. Kelsey's probably good if you know Kelsey's going to go there. Kicker. Uh, I like Robbie Gould. Yeah, the, the, the real and trick is. is San the real trick is. For me. I will say, I've done this eight years in a row now. Every team that has won the playoff challenge, their kicker and their defense were in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So you you would have to pick the Super Bowl players. Um, I will say this: I did. Which really, it looks like you did. I did. That's what I wanted to do. So I will say, I really wanted to put Kelsey in at tight end because I was like, you know, if I think that they're going to go on a run and it's possible that they would beat Buffalo, but in my mind, if if Buffalo, if, if the way I'm saying it, if 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 the Chiefs went all the way and I went all in on Buffalo, I'm not winning the challenge anyway, right? Sure. So picking Kelsey for the one spot isn't good. If I truly think Goddard is going to be, that makes sense to me. Although maybe I should pivot on the tight end. I don't know. Because the tight end's the one spot I don't love that I pick. But I get it, though. Like, I think it's really good because you're saying, like, you're all in on Philly, right? You're thinking Philly's going. So I, I, I understand what you're doing. I like that. I think it's fun too because every year. So obviously every week, like if I got if all these teams advanced, which they all, I mean Philly obviously already has, but if all these other teams can advance, then next week I have a full slate of double points, people. Yeah. Right. And then obviously I think that I don't know what the matchup would be in the NFC, but like obviously not all three of those NFC teams would move on from there. But I would obviously have three times three in round three already. So again, it's that's how you build it up. Um, but uh, I fire up my fun. NFL account again. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, okay, so last but not least, let's cover the run your pool real quick, and then we can go off and do a little French fortune. So you are in a league, like I said, you finished 174 and 97. Congrats on the wagon of season win. That's pretty awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, Mike came in second, uh, only eight games behind you, 166-105. I came in third, uh, full, ooh, let's see, tw- 30 no, 22 games behind you, 152 and 119. Uh, we are the, the only three that can win the pool at this <laughs> point. Uh, but I will say playoff games are double. So I did – We I revealed my picks in the show. Um, I think this is what I had followed the whole way. Yeah, it's the same. Um, so we'll see what happens. The only one we differ on is Tampa Bay, so I, gotta, I can't gain points. Got to get my – what did I say? 28-24? Let's see. So that's, uh, yeah, you said 28-24. So that is 52, 52 points. Yep. 
I'm in. All right. Refresh it. I want to see. It's going to be great. Oh, you want to see? It won't, it won't show me your picks oh, yet. Why not? Unless unless everybody already did their picks. Yeah, no, it won't show up until. Oh, I thought you could see that. Cause until the game started. I mean, I can go to charge. your It doesn't matter. Do it, it's okay. All right, you got a friend's <laughs> fortune for Super Wild Card round? Yeah, so here we go. We're going with that shock fantasy player that we put both in our leagues. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a monster game because I think Kyle Shanahan knows that the rookie he's rolling into this playoff game is not a highly touted guy. He is not the number one overall pick. He's Mr. Irrelevant, right? And he's played very, very well. He hasn't had a game where he hasn't thrown two touchdowns, and he just seems to be getting more and more comfortable. But I think Shanahan's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take some of this weight off you. We're going to ride our run game. I know Mitchell came back, and he's stealing touchdowns again from CMC, but I think CMC is going to have 175 total yards in the game. That would be huge, and I definitely can see it happening. Uh, mine is twofold. I'm going back to my old days where I'm a little too bold. Oh, I love it. Not only am I saying every game is going to come down to one possession, saying I'm wrong in my scoring predictions, so every game is going to come down to one possession, okay? Not only that, but every quarterback will have two touchdowns at least. So this is bold for Tyler Huntley and for Skylar Thompson. I was really kind of hoping you were going to say something like, each quarterback's going to have two interceptions. Every quarterback is going to have... It's going to be awful. <laughs> no quarterback will throw a touchdown in Super Wild Card weekend. That would be actually <laughs> fascinating. It would be the most epic thing of all time. Uh, no, I think every game is going to be one possession. I think every quarterback's going to have at least two touchdowns. Oh, man. Um, That'll be fun stuff. It's not going to be real, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, all right. We're Here back, we go. Man. Super Wildcard Weekend. I'm very excited. What? what? Um, I think that's super pretty great. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Check us out on Instagram, Simultaneous Catch, on Twitter at Simult Catch. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Bills all the way. Yeah. God bless. <laughs>